How much should you pay someone to market your business? How do you define the return on investment when you employ a marketer? What should a marketer be doing for you in the first place? Well, let's answer those questions today. Welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach, author of five food truck vending books, including Food Truck 101 and Food Truck 201. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. Marketing your food truck can be overwhelming, and it certainly can be an overwhelming chore, especially if you're setting up daily and working really long hours each and every day. I have folks telling me they just can't find time to market or they'll admit they're not very good about marketing and they're not very consistent about marketing, especially when their sales are down. And sadly, when I get those admissions is when sales are down, where people are not getting the sales they expected. It's very easy to get wrapped up in busy work, tasks that need to be done in operating our business. But the real question is, are those tasks vital and important enough for you as the owner to be doing them? I had a guy that worked for me years ago. He was one of the hardest working people I've ever met. He was really, really good at a whole bunch of tasks, but his weakness showed up when he was in charge of the trailer. Many times I would come by to visit to see how things were going, and the guy that was supposed to be leading the crew is back in a corner doing busy work, doing prep work, cutting tomatoes. Now, yes, those tomatoes needed to be sliced, but they didn't, did not need to be sliced at that moment, and certainly not by somebody that was in charge. So on a three-person truck, he would like to do prep work and would leave the other two guys to handle the service. A leader has to lead. They have to be out in front. They have to show the way. They have to light the way. Doing prep work because he was faster than everybody else made sense to him, but it didn't move the team forward and it certainly didn't move the business forward. All it did was get tomatoes cut really fast. Trying to shove a business, and that's what he was trying to do, he was trying to shove the business forward, that never works. You need to be out in front leading the business. As a leader, certain tasks are for the leader to complete and no one else. And then there's other tasks that could and should be delegated to staff. It comes down to categorizing tasks. Tasks are either important or not important. And then we got to categorize the time frame. Is it urgent? Is it not urgent? So any task that's labeled important and urgent, that's mandatory for the leader, for the owner, for the person in charge to be doing important, not urgent tasks like slicing tomatoes. It's important. We got to have tomatoes for lunch, so it's important, but it's not urgent. It doesn't have to be done now. That's something that can be delegated. The same with not important, but they're urgent tasks. Someone else could be doing them so the leader can focus on what's important and what is urgent. Marketing is always important and urgent. People have literally millions of things vying for their attention all day long. So you constantly have to remind people your food truck exists. And because we move around, we also have to tell them where the heck we are in the first place. Back in the 1930s, the movie industry coined a marketing phrase that's called the rule of seven. Back then, they thought that if a person saw a message seven times, that would be the encouragement for them to buy the product if they had an interest in the product to begin with. But they had to be introduced to that product seven times. Well, today with social media, we can market to people seven times in a single day. But there has to be a plan for that. There also has to be a result that we expect out of talking to somebody seven times in a day. And there has to be a way to quantify that intended result. 
Which brings us to those three questions I opened the episode with. How much should you pay someone to market your business? At the point that you want to hire someone to help you market your business, you're most likely suffering from either a lack of time, because you personally can't get to the marketing, because there's other activities that are important to your business, or, and this is usually when people start to market, they don't have enough sales. A lack of time means you have sufficient sales to create the profit you desire in the first place, but you feel like you need time freed up so you can do other tasks that you have also deemed as urgent and important. Okay, so that's a good place to be. The sales are where you want them to be. The profit level is where you want it to be, but you understand that marketing has to be one of those things to remind people every single day. So all you're doing is hiring someone basically to replace the marketing task you were doing, and then you can focus on other tasks. So the difference here is marketing is still important, but because of where you're at in your position, you feel like there's other things that are more urgent. So the marketing isn't as urgent. That's why you're able to delegate it. So what you want to think about is how much is your time worth to you? So if your personal work time is worth 100 bucks an hour, doesn't matter what you think it's worth, what does it translate to in your business? Does your profitability divided out by the number of hours you work, does it equal 100 bucks an hour? If it does then you want to pay someone 100 bucks an hour to, to do a task that you are already doing. Does that make sense? Remember, you deemed gaining more time as important since you already have the sales and you already have the profits. So this person, if you hire them for 100 bucks, all they're doing is maintaining the status quo. But to be beneficial to your business rather than an, an expense, they've had to generate more sales than $100 an hour or the equivalent of that. Because remember, you're taking on a new expense. So you've automatically lowered your profitability by paying somebody to market. So they've got to at least generate enough sales to replace what they're being paid. So if your business is already generating the profit you desire, and this marketing person charges, let's say, 400 bucks a month, they should be able to increase your sales at minimum 400 a month that you can directly say, yes, because this person is marketing, I can see this $400 coming through their efforts. If they cannot prove an increase, all you did was create an expense was zero return on investment. Remember, return on investment, ROI, has to be quantified in some manner. And this should be laid out before you hire anybody that's going to be doing marketing. So let's look at this from the perspective of it's urgent and it's important to the business. If driving up sales is both important and urgent, that means there's a cash flow problem right now. That's what makes driving sales urgent. We got a problem. You may not have the ability to do this, even though it's urgent and important. So you ask somebody that's got more expertise to take over something because, again, we have a cash flow problem. We're in trouble. So we got to get sales coming in. The problem with being in a defined cash flow problem is you're also probably in panic mode. Once you're in panic mode, poor decisions will be made. Those two things go hand in hand. Instead of hiring that $400 a month marketing person, you decide to hire a $4,000 marketing person. Because after all, if you're paying a whole bunch of money, they should be able to produce a whole bunch of results. That brings us to the second question. How do you define that return on investment? A new $4,000 expense is staring you down right now. How will you know if that money's well spent? Would $4,000 in new sales, verified new sales, be worth it to you? Being up $4,000 in sales, that's an amazing number. If you were doing $10,000 and $10,000 did not pay your bills and suddenly you're at $14,000, you'd feel really good. But you haven't gained anything, because remember, you took on a new $4,000 a month expense. So you're still right back where you were, in trouble. 
no cash flow, not being able to pay all the expenses. So how about an $8,000 increase? Would that be worth it to you? Remember, 4000 of it's gone. You're giving that to the marketer. So you've netted an additional $4,000. Percentage-wise, that sales increase is a 50% marketing budget. Since you weren't already making profit, most likely you were behind on some bills. So while that 4000 may come in handy and be a really welcome shot in the arm, it's probably not going to fix all the issues. And it's definitely not a good return on investment. So what if we double that 8000 take it to $16,000? So now you're excited because your sales have more than doubled themselves. And you can link that $16,000 of additional income. Remember, it's additional. You were already doing 10000 on your own. So now you're doing $26,000 total. And you can link that $16,000 to the marketing campaign. At least at this point, we're making $4 for every single dollar that we spent. Is it a good return on investment? And the answer to that is no. $5 for every $1 spent is considered typical. Okay, so let me repeat that. $5 for every one spent is considered a typical result for marketing. So the $20,000 for our $4,000 spend would be the expectation. That would be typical. That's what anybody should be able to generate if they do any kind of marketing program. Now, what would be exceptional? Because you're thinking, well, the sky's the limit. Well, there is limits to what marketing can and can't do. What would be considered exceptional would be 10 times the investment or spend $1, make 10 back. At that point, the cash flow problem should be resolved. That makes it a good investment for you because you're happy. You're out of debt now. You're starting to make money. You've generated a whole bunch of sales. Then it's up to your food and your service to be able to keep the people coming back. So you're not constantly having to spend out $4,000 a month because if that is happening, you're spending out $4,000, you get $16,000 worth of brand new people, and they don't ever come back. Guess what you have now? You have a operations problem. It's not a marketing problem because marketing's bringing you in $16,000 new dollars in sales. But if you're not retaining those people, they don't become loyal. They don't come visit you more than once. You're the problem. Your operations is a problem. The food's a problem. The service is a problem. You don't have a marketing issue. You have an operations issue. So what should a marketer do for you in the first place? Marketing needs to bring in more people wanting your product. This is a direct dollar spent to a direct dollar earned ratio. Something it is not easy to know, however, is if you spend a dollar, are these people coming in because of that dollar spent? Or is it just, hey, they randomly chose to come in today? Marketing is not always about bringing in more sales, though. Marketing can also be about connecting people to your brand. This is harder to define than a dollar return on investment. But what this does do is it creates a longer-term connection with people to your brand. So maybe you won't be spending $4,000 every single month. Maybe you'll be able to work it down as people become attached to your brand. This is where having followers comes into play. Follower counts are quantifiable. And I'm talking about social media. Now, they don't directly translate into sales dollars because you'll hear all kinds of people say that likes don't equal dollars. And they're right. They do not. But what likes do, what followers do, is start to build a relationship with your brand, with your business. And that relationship, the number of followers, can be measurable. So, for example, as a YouTuber, 25 million subscribers. And you're thinking, well, my goodness, they're, they're making a whole bunch of money because that's a whole bunch of subscribers. And that is a whole bunch of people. But that's not how YouTube pays out. They pay out for people consuming the videos. So a YouTuber that has 25 million subscribers typically 
is getting about two million, two and a half million views if they're playing something that people actually want to watch or they're doing something that people actually want to watch. So the quality of their content determines if somebody's going to watch them again and again. They may subscribe off of one video and never watch the YouTuber again. So the subscriber count, the followers, makes you feel good. But what really counts to you, what really counts to a YouTuber, is the person that watches the video. So again, 25 million probably is going to be uh, 2.5 million watching it. Now the people that really matter are the ones that interact, the ones that leave comments, the ones that like the video. Because now you got feedback to get better as a YouTuber. Same thing with you. If you've got a thousand followers on Facebook, that's awesome. But how many people are leaving you comments? How many people are leaving reviews? How many people are telling you you're doing a great job? Those are the people that took time out of their day to interact with you. Those are the ones that are going to come back that second and third and fourth time. So you might have 900 people that you've only seen once. They loved your food and they've moved on. But those 100 people that interact with you, that 10% out of the 1,000, those are the ones you got to concentrate on and get them to come back just one more time. If they come and see you once a month, we're going to turn them into once a week. So for us, a follower of the business page, that's someone who's expressed an interest in our product. They may have just been looking for food trucks and may have actually tried our food. But they're not going to be somebody that comes every single day to buy. But they are likely to come sometime to buy. People that interact by leaving comments, they're more likely to buy. They're more likely to frequent you. So instead of occasionally, maybe they're coming once a week rather than once a month. Frequency is important. The marketer's goal is to increase the exposure of our business, of our food truck, to new people and provide an offer that encourages new trials of our food. Then it's up to us to turn those new trials into frequent guests. we got to move the people from one and done based on a coupon to coming to see us monthly. And then we move the monthly guests to weekly. We move the weekly guests to twice a week. If you just do the last two things I said, turn that monthly guest into a weekly guest. So now they're visiting you four times a month rather than once a month. And we move that weekly person from once a week to twice a week. Still, they're eating at other places the other five days a week, but at least we're getting them twice. Do those two things I just said, and you will more than double your sales. Doesn't matter what they're spending, if they're coming to you more frequently, got a guy coming once a month and you got somebody else coming four times in a month. That's five visits out of those two people. Take those two people and move the one to weekly, move the other one to twice a week. Now you've got 12 visits out of them. More than doubles your sales. Marketers need goals, and the goals can be very clear-cut, as in I want you to increase my follower counts, I want you to increase my sales to a certain level, but they need incentives to do so. You want to pay them a low hourly rate for the creation and the posting of ads. That's menial work. Okay, they're creating an ad. Trust me, somebody that does creating ads for a living, they're putting your ads together in 15, 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, because they do it all day long. They know what works, they know what doesn't work. So we're going to pay them a little bit for their knowledge. We're going to pay them a little bit for them posting ads. Now, what we're going to do is encourage them with an incentive. If you help us to make this level of sales, I'm going to give you a percentage of that sales. If you've been open for a year, let's say, and you're averaging that $10,000 a month, tell them if you can get me to 15 or 18 or 20, I will give you a percentage. Now they've got some skin in the game. They want to be rewarded. They can make a whole bunch more money if they help you get to that sales level. Because remember, their goal is to get new trials of your business. So if you live in a town that's got 100,000 people in it, that's 100,000 people potential could come to your food truck. It's up to you to get them to come back the second time. No marketer can promise any sales level. 
and they shouldn't. And I would run away from someone that says, I guarantee you'll make 10 times what you spend, because they can't guarantee that. But they can be held responsible for certain results, and you should not have to pay It's a Miracle Pricing for a very clumsy two-bit magic show. Thank you so much for listening to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. If you're finding all the information helpful to your food truck business, please become a monthly supporter of the podcast. Just hit the support button or follow the link in the description. Every little bit does help keep us going. Join our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. We have a whole bunch of awesome members at all different levels, from brand new beginners to decades old veterans. They've all got your back when it comes to helping you with your food truck. And again, thank you for listening. Come back tomorrow because you know I got plenty more to say when it comes to helping you and your food truck business grow.